everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. The sophistication, speed, and scale of attacks are evolving rapidly in cyberspace. As new attack vectors are being introduced from cloud services, Internet of Things devices, and more, they are creating security blind spots and making threat detection more difficult to humans for, to tackle on their own. Since the task of responding to these attacks in real time has become enormously complex to offset this risk, artificial intelligence, in short referred to as AI, has become an indispensable tool for security. Now, as trends are driving to automating security decisions to discuss one such autonomous network security solution, I'm delighted to welcome Bart Shields and Debbie Gell to Risk Roundup. Bart is the CEO of Olympus Sky, and he's based in Poland, and David is the Chief Marketing Officer. Welcome, Bart and David. We're honored to have you on Risk Roundup. Hi, and uh, we, are, we are both glad to uh, be here. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. So there is no doubt that over the years, hack attacks have been causing massive damage. Why do you think is our current approach to cybersecurity, especially network security, not effective? Because um, it's it's very complex. It's, it's human-centric. Um, it's inflexible. And uh, it costs a lot to uh, maintain. And and what happens is that people either don't have security or they have security holes because, because they're trying to, to take shortcuts. Um, and all of these solutions that are trying, that are based upon the traditional way of doing, of managing security, um, those are, they are using it in ways that PKI, which is the traditional method, was never meant to uh, be used. It was just never meant to uh, do things at, at, at IoT scale. I see. So this is more, uh, what you are trying to say is that this is more because of the IoT Internet of Things uh, that it has the whole ecosystem that has emerged. That is a cause that because now we are not just talking about human to human communication, but now it is human to machine communication and machine to machine communication. So is that the reason why we are facing challenges? And you just said that, you know, so far it was all human centric. But now because of these IoT devices, now it is not just human centric machines will have to you know do everything on its own as well you know and the whole you know fundamentals are changing so is that one of the reason that you know we have to now move from human centric approach to you know machine centric approach yeah and, and, um but i was actually saying more than that I, I was i was saying that the administration of pki of the traditional way of doing things is human Centric, and as a consequence of, of, of both that as as well as the cost of these certificates, um, you know, these cer these certificates are 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 often there for either the lifetime of the system, or at best, um, the suggested time to to replace them is is every six to a nine months. So that means that for six to nine months, best case, that you have a static Tar target that 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 the bad guys can just go, you know that they can keep attacking and attacking and, and attacking until that they uh, get to get they, until they can get through and there's a 
statistic that we recently uncovered, which was, was, was like 95% of all breaches are not a consequence of the technology break, breaking down, but it's a consequence of a human being doing something stupid at some point in time. Sure, no, that, that is fair and I understand. But now the top point that you made about the certificates, that the traditional approach to certificate and how, you know, sometimes they are there for lifetime. Can you explain that process? How does that work? And if it's just a certificate, then how does it, you know, validate the authenticity of the security or that, you know, how does the certificate on its own, if I, you know, acquire a certificate, like, you know, SSL certificate, and then, you know, it makes a note that, you know, I have that certificate. How does it prevent the security or how does it prevent any attacks happening on that because of that SSL certificate? And how does it need to change? Because like you said, you know, it's dynamic and, you know, sometimes it uh, is not replaced for the entire lifetime. So where do you see the challenges emerging in this, you know, the whole model that is based on the certificate? I'm going to let Dave take care of this. Sure. Uh, you know, one of the ways to think about certificates is to come you use a, an, an analogy, and that's sort of the, the keys to the locks on your home. And a certificate is really the master key. Okay. And when we look at how certificates are administered today and used today, there's a couple of problems, right? One is that oftentimes this master key or certificate is shared across many devices. Um, it, fairly recently, even the automakers were using a single certificate to secure communication across an entire uh, model year of, of, of vehicles. And so if one got broken into, they're all vulnerable. Okay. Uh, the other, you know, concept to think about is if a master key is stolen, you need to have some way to replace that, right? Because that thief that hacker can then create you know ongoing damage so the deficiencies of having a static master key that's shared across many different devices uh, is 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 a problem it, it causes uh, a threat surface that is easily exposed by hackers uh, yes. what, what we have uh, more and more is that the replacement of the certificates is expensive it's slow, as Bart was saying, and ultimately, uh, it's human-centered, right? So a human actually has to go in there and say, I'm going to revoke that master key. I'm going to remove the master keys from everybody's keychain, and I'm going to give you a new one. And that's the problem we're trying to solve. I see. So how do you see your solution uh, strengthening the security for not only the IoT ecosystem, but, you know, the entire network security, irrespective of whether it's IoT or whether we are talking about autonomous vehicles, how would you see it strengthening that? Yeah, we, we do two things with, with our approach. One is we, we want to eliminate the concept of having a master key, right? So we want every communication relationship to have its own master key. So that, for one, reduces this threat surface, right? So if a key were to be compromised, uh, you would only be vulnerable for a particular relationship or communication channel. 
When you say sorry to interrupt, so now when you say you want every communication to have its own security key, will that also include like any email communication or human to human communication, human to machine or machine to machine communication? Will it involve everything that goes on the network? It it can really. So any electronic communication, whether it starts from a smartphone and goes to the cloud, or as we're currently focusing on machine to machine, right? If it starts with a robot in a factory and goes to a centralized controller, right? Any type of, of electronic communication can be secured uh, using an old approach, PKI certificates, or this new approach that we're bringing into the market. I see. So uh, what kind of solutions you are offering? Is it one standard solution for all the machine to machine communication? Well, what's really interesting is, is we have a core technology that's, that's it's really a breakthrough in how to think about a master key. And it's a breakthrough in how to think about the ways in which you can autonomously change that key without involving a human. That's such a fundamental breakthrough that we can apply it in, in, in a variety of different ways. Uh, we are starting out with applications where we're securing machine-to-machine communication, as you're you're saying. Uh, We're working with a company in Germany that is in the uh, real-time, high-reliability wireless business uh, for factories. Uh, They're helping factories with reconfigurable robots uh, to secure their wireless communications in a a reliable way. Our our solution is is in that product, okay? And so that that would be an example of a machine-to-machine security solution. So what is at the core of your technology? You said it is, you know, fundamental, it is revolutionizing. So how, what is it at the core that makes this technology that you have developed so effective, you know, if we say machine-to-machine communication or human-to-machine communication? Right. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll take uh, an overview and then I'll have Bart describe some of the, some of the details uh, that we can share. But really, it's, it, again, it's a new way to think about a master key. And the, the, the concept and, and, and the problem that we have solved is how do you share a master key? How do you share credentials that they're needed to communicate without exposing a secret, right? If you and I would like to communicate and we decide that we're going to uh, encrypt that communication, we're going to secure that communication by using a key, how do I get you the key? How do I hand it to you? So there's this concept called zero knowledge. And uh, that a zero knowledge approach is a mathematical solution that allows me to share a key with you without having to expose a secret. So in a sense, it, it, it sounds a little bit like magic, but what it allows us to do in the end is for us to communicate securely without me having to expose any secrets to you that can be intercepted and hacked. So let, let me understand this. Uh, right now, let's talk about human-to-machine communication. I'm trying to send email communication, not to you, but uh, even if, let's say, you know, human-to-human communication or human-to-machine, I'm trying to send the communication to some smart device in my uh, house or, you know, trying to turn on some lights or, you know, telling the thermostat to turn it on using, you know, uh, that communication technology that you have developed. So right. how would that you know process work? Is it uh, when you say every single communication gets uh, uh, secured and it has its own encryption, would it secure if I say send a message? Every, 
so every relationship so if you have a so your person you're sitting at your computer you want to email you want to contact your home you have a separate relationship with that with 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 your home than you might have with um, something else and so everything that you have a relationship with you're going to have a different set of security credentials for and and let me back up a, a step so when i first conceived of this solution the problem that i was trying to solve was twofold uh, first i said you know let's come up with a way where we don't have to rely on a centralized authority to give us that master key. So, so that's what Dave was, was, was talking about. And then I said, the second thing that it needs to uh, do is it needs to be able to isolate the security relationship of, of each relationship, of each connection separate from the other connections. Because if you look at a lot of the hacks, whether it's a vehicle hack, or whether it's a hack, the famous hack, the now famous hack of, of the Las Vegas casino in, in July of 2018, where, where uh, they got into a, a fish tank sensor and then they downloaded all of the high roller the database. Um, you know, that those hacks are enabled because once someone breaches the system, even on an edge node, because all of the keys in a typical system are derived from the same um, cer certificate. Once they have a little bit of information about that, then that basically gives them the keys to the, the, the kingdom. What we do is because every security relationship we have has a different set of credentials, even if one, somehow one node is breached, that gives them no knowledge, no insight into any other set of credentials in any other part of the system. Everything is is unique, and it's not just you. Just it's not just unique between the different relationships. It's also unique between the different sessions. So unlike PKI, to where your credentials are static for six months, for nine months, for a year, sometimes forever, our credentials are refreshed on a periodic basis. And that can be once a minute, it could be once an hour, once a day, once a week. It's whatever you as the customer decide is right for your system. So it's so they're not only more secure because every relationship is unique and it has nothing to do with the other ones. It's also more secure because it's constantly being refreshed, so it's so it's 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 not a static tar target. Sure. So I understand that. So now your focus is on relationships and credentials. But what about the content that is being communicated? What about the data that is being communicated? How do you ensure that the data that is being communicated between two you know, entities relationship, that that data is secured? Is there any process to ensure the security of that data? Yes. Yeah, yeah. so, so, so that's so that's twofold. One, that's that's protecting the, the uh, data which that's what the encryption does. And then secondly, um, 
because we use zero knowledge, part of zero knowledge is to authenticate both sides. Usually that requires a third party. And one of the, the problems that we had to solve because we didn't want to have to require a third party to authenticate both, both sides is we do self-authentication. And, um, and, and the way that we do that is every frame has a message authentication code. So that ensures that what is sent is what is received. So, so when the receiver receives that data, because of both the data was encrypted and because it has this message authentication code, then, then, then they know that the integrity of what is received is, is uh, valid. So that authentication code, what criteria does it follow? Is it uh, whatever content is there? It just is there any analysis happening before it gives that authentication code that it needs to go forward? Like you know, right now if you see that uh, the system, you know how the settings are, and based on that, the authentication of the outgoing communication happens. So here. I mean, a lot of times what happens is that, you know, safe content is labeled as unsafe or unsafe content is, you know, labeled safe because all they follow is the settings. But is that is not enough to ensure the security of the data that is being, you know, sent, even if it is encrypted and even if it is, you know, having the authentication code, there needs to be more, you know, process, more into the process which ensures that what is malicious or what is safe is actually what is safe and what is malicious. Because uh, just by, you know, ensuring that the settings are right or the authentication code is given to, you know, send out that communication, it is not enough to ensure the security of the communication of the data that is okay. being... so, so, so let's be clear about the product we have. So what we do is we ensure the integrity of the data. And, and so... Um, you know, we have additional parts of um, of a encapsulating system that does you know more than than, than just that. Um, and we and, and, and if we have time, then we'll talk about that, um, which is our our security solution, Zeus, which is built on top of AKM. Um, I would like to. But, can you explain? Right. But but let's uh, but let's but let's finish this first. So what we're doing is we're ensuring that the that what is being sent is what was meant to to be sent. Now, if the data was already corrupted before it was sent, we don't have any awareness or any way with the AKM protocol, with the autonomous key management protocol to detect that. We're just ensuring that what the sender sent is what the receiver receives. And then, and then we have an encapsulating um, solution that goes beyond that, where we get into intrusion detection and those sorts of, of, of things. But the primary, the first, uh, um, you know, the, the 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 primary goal of our core technology is in is encryption and integrity. Yes. Yes, I, I hear you. But right now, if you see the way we encapsulate, you know, this data that is being communicated, that's where a lot of, you know, security vulnerabilities emerge because anybody can, you know, manipulate that data. Anybody can uh, change the header, you know, and uh, there no. are... 
no, no, they, they cannot because because part of what we uh, encrypt is we encrypt our our headers. So so they're not going to change that. I mean, they might change the encapsulating headers, but they're not going to change the header of of the security protocol. So once you, uh, you by using your technology, your process, the encapsulation happens. Nobody will be able to open that un until it reaches the endpoint. Right, right, right. And and we incorporate the concept of a, a replay counter, which implicitly ensures that somebody just can't do a a re a replay attack. Yes, yes, I understand that. So what kind? Uh, where do you, where are you planning to go with this innovation? What different applications you are trying to develop, or what industries you are trying to protect using this uh, core technology that you have developed? Okay, so I'm going to give an, an answer, and then I'm going to hand, hand it back to Dave. So um, the short answer is everything. Uh, that's the problem with the technology we have. Is it so you? ubiquitous in what it can apply to that it's difficult sometimes to uh, focus because we feel like this technology could change the way the entire world does security and not only that because of how we do it it's also quantum resilient which which by the way the moment that quantum computing becomes real the moment that there's you know commercially available quantum computing machines that's going to obsolete the way that security is done as it's done as of today and and in our methodology is quantum resilient um but uh I, you know i i'm going to ha hand it back to uh, dave now okay yeah, so that's you know you 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 can hear from the visionary uh, where we want to land in in uh, a few years from now. But at the moment, right, we've we've got to we've got to figure out where to where we are going to focus. I mentioned earlier that we're working with a company in the industrial IoT space, and that's a great application for us: machine to machine communication, uh, mission critical, uh, safety critical systems that are highly dynamic. They're moving. Okay. So you have physically moving in, in many cases. So you have complexity and you have machine to machine communication where inherently there is no human in the middle, right? There's not somebody that's necessarily there to change passwords and, and, and in our case certificates. So those are some of the characteristics of our early uh, application space. So industrial IoT is, is, is one uh, market we're, we're working in. Another is uh, transportation. Uh, so again, very complex networks, uh, physical systems in motion, reconfiguring. This can be anything from train systems to uh, autonomous drones. Um, so you can imagine uh, drones flying in a fleet uh, over various ground stations, uh, communicating between themselves or between uh, other points down on, on the ground. Very complicated system. And the ability to secure it using a static credential that's shared across everybody. It, it, it just doesn't work. It's, it's very vulnerable. Um, we're working with some of the, the biggest names in aviation 
uh, who have come to us and said, look, we can't find a solution to this problem. Uh, you know, show us how we can apply yours to solve this because there's nothing else out there. Um, so that's, that's another good application for us. Um, and then just wrapping up in the long range, we have opportunities, not just in securing communication data, but we look at, at data at rest, right? So we can secure uh, databases, we can secure files. And, and even, even on that, we have the opportunity to look at applications like a secure supply chain uh, and asset tracking. So as a complex piece of machinery moves through its journey from chips to modules to a completed system that gets fielded and repaired, ultimately retired, the integrity of that and the authenticity of those parts, hardware and software, that's actually something we can also secure. Yes. Uh, so very broad brush strokes here, but you can see we're, we're starting with communication security and we're working our way. Yes, no, of course, there are a lot of many, many opportunities, you know, industrial IoT and as you described, you know, autonomous vehicles and drones and all kinds of, you know, uh, different applications can emerge from that. But because your solution is based on autonomous, you know, a network security. So once, let's say, you know, your it is system is autonomous and it decided to suddenly you know not follow any orders or not follow what it was supposed to do because once it becomes autonomous then we have no control over how it you know goes forward and if you want to is would there be any off switch if there is a, a place where we reach where we decide <coughs> right and you know there are security actually you know there are security risk emerging for us while we are using these autonomous systems to secure us it could put, make us vulnerable as well, you know, in the coming years, because we just don't know once it becomes autonomous, where it would go, what it would do, because at that point, humans will have no control. So at that point, would you have any control or any way of turning it off? Yes, yes. So so, so what we have is, um, you know, just like the when, when we're provisioning, when we're initializing a relationship or a set of relationships it has to have a secure method to do that so the provisioning module whether that's you know some handheld module you directly plug in whether that's the back-end server connecting across the cloud into your network and doing it you know, whatever that is uh, you know there's a provisioning relationship between the provisioning module, and I'm talking about software now, I'm not talking about an actual piece of hardware, between whatever that provisioning module is, wherever that is, uh, and in the in the end module and the end set of modules that it is 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 working on. So it has separate relationships. So if it needs to go in and um, shut those relationships down. You know that is the backdoor way to do that. It's also the backdoor way to um, that allows you know getting back to what I said before about uh, about this larger system Zeus. Uh, you know that's also the way that it can automatically repair a network in case there is a, a, a breach. It uh, will we'll use that backdoor, go in, uh, update the 
the security credentials for the affected nodes that there might have been a breach on and then effectively uh, halt the uh, breach in, in the midstream. We are the only technology that I am aware of where our technology by itself, it's all five pillars specified by uh, NIST for what a complete security solution is, which is identify, protect, detect, respond, recover. Sure, no, that, that's good, and I'm glad to hear that. But we are here talking about unknown, unknown risks that could you know, emerge because at this point, we do not know what kind of risk will emerge from any autonomous system. While you say that you have kept a back door, it is possible that you know these autonomous uh, AI systems, you know, the AI will become so intelligent enough that it will realize that there is a back door and that they, we could be shut off. At that point, I mean, these uh, algorithms could become self-improving and then it could it detect that there is a backdoor where, you know, we could be shut off. So let's just, you know, shut off that backdoor. That's a possibility too. So the, we are talking about unknown, unknown risk. And, you know, we hope that, you know, none of this will uh, become a reality. But I'm just visualizing if those kind of scenarios emerge and if the backdoor is shut off, what will we do? How to shut it off? Well, for a system to... Uh do that. And this sort of sounds like Rumsfeld, where he's talking about known knowns and known unknowns. And <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, um, so uh, it would be working against itself because it has to maintain that back door with those credentials in you know in case it needs to you know replace a node, in case it needs to add a node, in case it needs to delete a node or in case it needs to repair the, the network. That, that back door is critical to maintaining the integrity of the system. Sure, but we are talking only about uh, a limited scenario here that it will be focused only on uh, the con components within the system or the you know, modules and back doors. We are not thinking about what an algorithm could do when it starts interacting with other algorithms. The, the unknown unknowns here are way different than, you know, what we are talking about here in geospace. We are talking about an intelligent system, an entirely new intelligence uh, species that we are creating, you know, from scratch. And we don't have, we will have no control once it yeah. becomes, you know, autonomous. And once it starts communicating with other algorithms, these are big questions that will need to be sorted out, that will need to be answered. And, you know, every country needs to focus on that. All system developers needs to focus on that. If we are developing autonomous systems, then we also need to think about what could go wrong, how it could go wrong and when it could go wrong. And we have to think of all possible scenarios because once we let these you know, systems lose and lose in the sense that once it is implemented and once it starts functioning on its own, then it may be too late that we will have no control over that. So the reason I'm asking all this question is because it is not just about, you know, what we are trying to do in uh, enhancing our network security, but by doing that, what other risk we could be bringing to our entire cyberspace, to our entire geospace, aquaspace space, because everything is connected and these algorithms eventually are going to talk to other algorithms on their own without us, you know, putting those commands in there. So we yeah, have to... So for all so, these scenarios. Yes, yeah, so, so 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 taking a step back and looking at it from the broader 
perspective and, and, and not just, just whether or not we have a, a Terminator sort of, uh, of, 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 of uh, end game, um, but the double-edged sword of having a technology like uh, this is, is that because it, it, of the way it's architected, um, it, you know, it can keep the bad guys out, but, but if you're a bad guy, it can also keep the good guys out from monitoring you. Yes. So, so, uh, you know, but that's, but that's the nature of, of uh, progress. I mean, there's, you know, I, I've thought about that a, a lot, um, but you know, that's just the way, I mean, it, you know, the, uh, not sure what I mean. We 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 can't live statically in fear of of uh, of uh, what ifs. No, we we don't have to live in fear, but we have to visualize all things that could go wrong. And I mean, it's possible that we may not be able to visualize or think about all of those things that could go wrong today. But we do need, that's why, you know, to create a system so that as we think more, that we keep the system dynamic, that as we think more, we can, you know, fix that system, fix that algorithm so that we have some control over it until this is a new emerging field. It's like, you know, we have, it will take some time before we will be able to identify all securities that could emerge from any autonomous system, not just your system, but from any other system that could emerge. So these are just, you know, things that we have to start thinking about where it could go wrong because yes i mean it's great to have an autonomous system for security but at the same time what security vulnerabilities could emerge from those autonomous systems that is also something you know i would like to start thinking from today so that uh, we don't end up in a scenario that we are you know hurting ourselves and we lose control over our entire human geo uh, cags ecosystem that means you know anything that runs on these uh, algorithms they are <laughs> connected yeah. having said. So, so so taking that a step further there's nothing to prevent like let's say that you have a chain of trust and you have uh an ultimate provisioning authority um at, at level x and level x you know uh keeps track of things at level y and then level y keeps track of, of things at at, at level z um if a level Y is autonomous, then it just might sever its its uh, relationship on its own with the level X. There's nothing that we can do that prevents that. Is that a good thing that we will not be able to prevent that? I mean, I, I mean, if I thought it was a realistic problem, then then there's things that we could do. I mean, we could encrypt that relationship. How do so you only, so yeah. only X had the ability to unlock um, I mean, the, the, uh, that relationship. But, you know, um, short of that, there's, you know, that I haven't put that that level of, of, um, of, of uh, I don't want to say paranoia, but I haven't put that level of concern into the the uh, into the architecture. I'm, I'm just. Not paranoia, believe me. When it's come to you know AI, this is an entirely unknown field. I won't call it being paranoia. I think we have to be very, very cautious in you know every step that we take. So I would urge that you you know put some more thought into you know where it could go wrong, what kind of relationship uh, you know 
security you need to maintain so that uh, we don't end up in a scenario where yeah. Yeah, we hurt ourselves. Let me jump in for a second here. So, so I, I, you know, I appreciate the discussion. Appreciate where you're coming from, and and you're right. We need we do need to be thoughtful about it. And, and I think in many ways we have. I think another way to say what Bart is saying is that um, although you can never eliminate all risk and all possibilities, it's really about scope and containment. Okay. So the scenario that you're describing, where you know, autonomy on the machines, they begin to communicate in different ways, they learn, they adapt, and it, it leaves our control. Um, with our architecture, and we don't need to go into detail, but with our architecture, that's actually not, a, that's not a possibility. The, it's really critical for a lot of the applications that we're, we're working with to be a highly structured, uh, very compact code, extremely, <laughs> extremely deterministic because it's time sensitive. So what actually goes on the device itself does not learn, expand, and create new functions by itself. It is structured deterministic software, right? It, it simply doesn't have the ability to do anything aside from what we program it to do. So if you go backwards on, and we talk about um, this management channel, okay? I think backdoor maybe not the best word, but but management channel. Um, this is where some of the intelligence is, and and we we've developed an analytic system that allows us to assess risk by uh, feeding back data from all of the nodes to help alert human administrators, <laughs> right? And the ability to configure. Okay, what's the response? Is there an automatic healing of a network, or would you like to manually decide whether networks are being healed? So. All along the way, with our intelligence, with our autonomy, we're providing the opportunity for a user to say, look, I prefer to be in the loop, okay? And, and it becomes a deployment choice. So, so there are, you know, architecture decisions we've made that address these concerns, and then there's always opportunities for breakpoints if a, if a deployment, you know, is, is more sensitive in, in that way. So. Yes, of course, and I'm glad to know that. So... Um... What would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners about your products, about uh, your core technology and where you are going and how you would like uh, them to reach out to you if they have any questions? Uh, um, sure. Yes. Dave, you want to take that first? Sure. So we're, we're a small and growing company. Um, so uh, partnerships are always something we're, we're looking to expand on. Um, we've described some of the, the value that, that our technology can bring out to, to certain markets, uh, industrial IoT and transportation. Um, so we're certainly looking for, for additional partners who are interested in, in, in exploring uh, the opportunity to work together. Um, so companies that are in perhaps OEMs, uh, product, product manufacturers, um, uh, resellers and bars. Uh, and then as any company, of course, we're, we're always looking for uh, expansion capital as well. So uh, happy to talk to investors and, and other sources of, uh, of growth capital. Great. Anything would you would like to add, Bart? Um, uh, nothing more than 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 I, I honestly believe that um, you know that brother. It's it's uh, the technology that that we've formalized, or whether it's going to be something that is like it. That the uh, end of PKI is 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 well known and and it's and it's coming, 
and we have a solution for that. We have a we have a solution that uh, has has been in process for for more than five years now. The the technology is is very simplistic. Uh, it's easy to understand, um, and as everyone in these in these security world knows, the simpler the solution, the smaller the threat surface is. And uh, you know, we we just have a, a boatload of, of, of benefits, and we would love the the opportunity to be able to to share the knowledge uh, with anyone out there that 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 wants to uh, learn more. Of course, no. Thank you so much, Barton David, for participating in Risk Roundup today. We appreciate your thoughtful insight on the autonomous network security, and I'm sure our global viewers and listeners will benefit tremendously from the information you shared about your technology, about your core technology, and uh, what applications could emerge from that. And as a result, I think this Risk Roundup dialogue has been of service, and we thank you for that. Thank Risk you. Risk Roundup, a global initiative launched by Risk Group, is a security risk reporting for risk emerging from existing and emerging technologies, technology convergence, and transformation happening across cyberspace, aquaspace, geospace, and space. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace, they walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict. It is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts fill into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secured for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security. So if we build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risks together. For more information on the Risk Roundups, to watch the Risk Roundup videos or listen to the Risk Roundup podcast, please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayshree, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.